Welcome back to another episode of the Bottled Up Podcast, in which we actually cover the cup race for once because it was happening on Saturday night. And I say it was happening on Saturday night because it got rained out and pushed to Sunday, which pushes our uh, recording date back, which is always fantastic. So this is coming out on Sunday night. Apologies, you can listen to it bright and early Monday morning on your way to work. And that's uh, that's how your week will go. But first and foremost, the absolute craziest top Let's say top 10, ah, top 11, top 12, I'd say. I, I'm looking at this, and every time I look at the standings, it blows my mind. So first, you have Justin Haley, the winner, after uh, rain, the track was lost due to the rain, and they just said, forget it, we're not going to run it, we're going to just call the race. Justin Haley is the winner in the 77th Spire Mobile. William Byron, second. Jimmy Johnson, third. Ty Dillon, fourth, Ryan Newman, fifth, Corey LaJoy, sixth, Amarola, seventh, Benedetto eighth, Matt Tift, who everyone seems to forget he's a full-time Cup Series driver, myself included, for Front Row Motorsports in the 36th, finished ninth, Kurt Busch, tenth, Landon Castle, in the double-zero Starcom Racing entry, finished eleventh, Landon Castle, and twelfth, in the number 52, B.J. McLeod, J.J. Yaley finished 12th. And granted, that was an absolutely crazy finish at the end um, with a big one to end all big ones, I guess you could say. Um, it looked like an iRacing NIS lap one sort of thing. Someone just throwing a huge block when there was absolutely uh, no room for it. And a big wreck that ensued because someone else didn't lift and this, that, and the other. Boy, what a crazy couple days it's been for NASCAR. Speaking of, you know, not lifting and causing huge wrecks nearly and everything else. The whole Brad Keselowski-William Byron debate has been going on for a while. Um, if you really stop and think about it, it's practice. And I totally, I fully, 100% understand Brad Keselowski wanting to send a message. And I, I support that. Drivers should be able to, to send messages, veteran drivers, to show the younger guys and everyone else in the garage, I'm not going to put up with any BS from anybody. Totally get that. And rightfully so. If he wants to drive aggressive, people are going to drive aggressively back to him. But, you know, he's not going to throw anything that he can't take, is what I think. Especially with Brad Keselowski. So... But to do that in practice and push Byron to a backup car when it wasn't even like a, a crazy block, all Brad had to do was lift a little bit and they would have been fine. It wasn't like Byron cut his nose off and it was close or anything like that. Kozlowski had plenty of time to lift and he actively chose to hit the back of Byron's car knowing it was probably going to spin him and Byron had a great save, but it put him to a backup car. And that's just, that's ridiculous. The amount of work that the team has to do after that. Hendrick Motorsports still managed to bring it home second place, but I, I don't think that's right to make the team go through that, go to a backup car, bring the setup over to that, over practice where he he came down in front of you, you know, a car length ahead, and you didn't want to lift. And that's not That's not how racing is. That doesn't send the right message. Those cars are a million dollars each that that are out there, right? And that's a million dollars thrown down the drain for the weekend because Brad Kozlowski wanted to be the big bad Brad and do all that. Come on. It's practice. And he didn't make a move that was outright crazy. And <laughs> my favorite part of it 
is Byron sort of let it slide and everything, on the outside at least, but on the inside he was probably pretty upset about it, as anyone would be. And he was told about Brad Keselowski getting wrecked earlier in the race, during the race, and Williams' response was, oh, that's too bad, or that's unfortunate, something along those lines. But, hey, he handled it like a champ, and he's only a rookie, so that's pretty awesome to see right there. And no motorsports podcast, NASCAR podcast, would be complete without mentioning uh, if Ross Chastain won. And he did. He smashed the watermelon in victory lane. And colleague racing, first, second, and third, kind of, until A.J. Allmendinger's engine could not hold a vacuum. And whether that was damage from the race or it was built that way, who knows, but that car could not hold a vacuum. It was disqualified, put to the back. That third colleague car is used as an all-star car, and that's not speculation. That's something that they've declared, you know, they they want to run two cars full-time, but the third car is just an all-star car. That's why Almondinger was in it. But he went out, finished third in it, got disqualified. Hey, but Ross Chastain first. Hey, another name sounds familiar. Justin Haley finished second in the number 11. Chastain won in the 10. And overall, the greatest weekend of Justin Haley's life so far, I think it's safe to say. Pretty darn good weekend for Ross Chastain, but it seems to be business as usual for him to just go out and win. There's uh, more talks for him to go over to C- to CGR, Chip Ganassi Racing. Uh, I believe Chip Ganassi himself put out a tweet. I don't think it was CGR, the uh, race team. But Chip Ganassi himself said if Chastain can find the sponsorship, he, he wants him in that car. It's just all about finding the money, and people could take that in any way they they see fit. But uh, all I want to say is Chip Ganassi is a very smart man. He's a very wealthy man with a very successful race team. One way or another, if he truly wants Ross Jessane in that car, Ross Jessane will be in that car. I'm shocked he wasn't in it this year full-time, but I think it was just too quick for anything to happen. But when... CGR, Chip Ganassi Racing, approaches a company and says, we want you full-time on this guy, it holds a lot more sway than, you know, some other teams. So I I would not be overly surprised if Ross Chastain was in a full-time ride next year for CGR in the the Xfinity Series, not the Cup Series. I think he'll do a couple part-time races, sort of like he's doing now, but he's racing for some of the smaller teams and, you know, stuff like that with other guys will qualify the car like at Sonoma he just shows up on race day drives the car and then goes back to his primary series in the trucks and Xfinity we enjoyed a pretty good race at Daytona this weekend though the cup race and the Xfinity race was really good but the cup race with the new package I'd say for plate racing I may have been too harsh on the package and a lot of people will agree may agree Um, A lot of people were way too harsh on the package, and it works pretty well for super speedways, I think. I don't think there should be bump drafting, and, you know, you need the draft to really run well at Bristol. That bugs me, and there literally is bump drafting at Bristol, and that blows my mind. It's a half-mile, steeply banked track. You don't, you shouldn't need the draft there. Don't give them, you know, a car where you have to draft in order to do well at Bristol. But for super speedways, yeah, it was pretty good racing. People seem to be pretty happy with it from what I've seen. I enjoy it. I thought they're doing good. I don't know if it was the best way to go if they have this one package for every single racetrack. I think changing it up per track, maybe going with more 750 horsepower uh, tracks and all that would be good. I think that would be awesome. 
um, have the old package from last year at some tracks, have the new setup on others. That's something I'm going to be talking to drivers about uh, during the f- next upcoming weeks. I'm going to be at New Hampshire, Watkins Glen, and Pocono. Not in that order. It's New Hampshire, Pocono, and then Watkins Glen. But still, I'm credentialed for all three of those races. And once the credential window for Indy opens up, I'll be going for that as well. So that's uh, that's one of the things I want to follow up with with drivers and ask them, how does this package compared to the old package and where where would you if you were king of you know the president of nascar king for a day where would you run the old package if anywhere what tracks and i'm, I'm interested to see those answers because every driver's talked about the package every single one of them but i haven't heard anyone ask them what would you do if you were the guy in charge and it was your decision where would you run the old package because that's that's kind of a big question. Where is it? Ask the drivers. Where is it working? Where is it not? They're the ones behind the wheel. They know best. They know just as much as the crew chiefs and everyone else that's working on the cars, if not more. They're the ones driving it. They know how the car reacts. Kevin Harvick, who's been driving for years, knows. Kyle Busch, who's been driving for years, knows. Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, all those, Jimmy Johnson, all those guys, they know. And probably not as outspoken as they would like to be because they're just sort of along for the ride at this point. Nothing they say will change it, and sort of bucking the system isn't going to fix anything. But I'm interested to know their opinion and sort of phrase it as a rhetorical question of, if you could choose, when would you do it? I think that's going to lead to some interesting answers, so look forward to that in the upcoming future. In other racing news, taking a shift over to the virtual side of things, iRacing and NASCAR Heat 3 and 4... The NASCAR Heat 4 cover has been released, and it features Stuart Haas Racing. People are speculating that there's a curse for teams that will be on the cover. Last year, Hendrick was on the cover, and they had a very rough year until Watkins Glen, where Chase Elliott won. Up until then, they were uh, really struggling. I believe, correct me if No, they were winless until Watkins Glen last year, because that was Chase Elliott's first win. So... They sort of struggled, and they were on the cover. This year, Stuart Haas Racing is struggling... Quite a lot. Kevin Harvick, especially, went from the most dominant driver last year to not winning a single race this year. And whether that's because he's on the cover of NASCAR Heat 4 or because now they are a lot stricter on cheating and Kevin Harvick was caught cheating more than any other driver last year. But you didn't hear that from me. It's only just, you know, statistically proven. But that's just me. Nobody remembers Las Vegas the last year or the time they shaved down the spoiler and they accidentally shaved down the spoiler and completely changed it. Uh, I I didn't say that. That wasn't me. But all those times Kevin Harvick was caught last year, now he hasn't won a single race this year. Just food for thought, something to note, something to think about. Maybe, just maybe. Or Stuart Haas is having a rough year. Could be that as well. We never know. But if, as the old expression goes, some people say, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So we'll see how much uh, that gets embodied this year. In other news, more on the iRacing side, Season 3 is currently in progress, and the Season 2 Short Track Championships are just wrapping up, actually, as I'm recording this. And yours truly was driving in the Wheel and Tour Mod iRacing Season 2 Championship. I finished 24th overall in points in the world out of like 6,000, 7,000 drivers, I think it was. Finished 24th overall. I got an invite. My entry fee was covered into the Simcrow uh, Pro Ra- iRacing Torn Mod Championship. I don't know why I threw Pro in there. Um, I was I was running well. We had a really really great car. 
Um, it was we were self-sponsored. Produce Shark was on there. It was really cool. And I had a guy named Travis Manning on as my crew chief. Did an absolute killer job. Gutsy strategy call. We took all the fuel we would need for the race right at the beginning. Went a lap down. Worked our way back onto the lead lap. Led multiple laps. Then got involved in a couple of wrecks. Got dumped at one point. Guy going for a lane that wasn't there. And then we got absolutely destroyed. And I mean destroyed by netcode. Not even anyone's fault. Just a car passed below us, and it just destroyed the car. So, nothing we can do. I think we finished 10th overall there in that race, if anybody particularly cares about that. So, that was the iRacing Tour Mod Championship. I know there was an SK Mod and a couple other series going on, but that was that was a cool experience for me. I hope I get to race in that, you know, next year and upcoming times. Uh, or next season, I should say, not next year. Hopefully, I get to race again in that series sooner than that. But... If you're ever interested in an iRacing bottled-up paint scheme, you can go to Midwest Motor Customs, a custom-made bottled-up scheme, your name on the door, personalize everything, from one of the show sponsors, Midwest Motor, Midwest Motor Customs. Great guy over there, runs it himself. And $5, and you will get a bottled-up car custom-made. You can also get other cars made. Any paint scheme you can think of, he'll make it. Just want to throw that in there as we sort of start to wrap up the show. Follow me on Twitter at Bottled Up Radio. I love interacting with people over there. I am taking over, it seems, every week the Stafford Speedway Snapchat. I'm on that every single week. It's Stafford Speedway, all one word. There's no A in Speedway. So S T A F F O R D S P E E D W Y. No A in Speedway. And I take over that Snapchat every Friday night. It's a great time over there. If you're within driving distance of Stafford, you should absolutely go to a race. I'm one of the pit road reporters. It's an absolutely fantastic time watching the racing down there. Some of the best racing in the world. Ryan Priest has raced there. Joey Logano. So many legendary drivers have raced there and, you know, started their career there, cut their teeth there. Awesome stuff. Ryan Priest still races there sometimes. This Friday, upcoming, it, that would be July 12th, we have the Bud Light Open Mods. Uh, open Mods, sponsored by Bud Light, excuse me, plus the TC13 shootout. Ted Christopher was driving number 13, was killed in 2017 in the wreck, and he was the king of Stafford Motor Speedway, one of the best wheel and mod drivers, excuse me, SK mod drivers in history, if not the best. And they're holding a race there in his honor. Glenn Reen won it last year. We'll see if he goes two for two. And it's pretty much the top 13 finishers plus the champion, you know, track champion provisionals. They go out. They race for 13 laps for $1,300. I think Mike Christopher Jr. is going to go out and win that race. I think he's going to make it in. I think he's going to win it. So going to be some really good stuff there. Other than that, like I said, follow me on Twitter and we have some very exciting stuff upcoming on the Bottled Up podcast, but until we get up to New Hampshire and Pocono and Watkins Glen, we're just sort of going to be doing these weekly just talks, going through things, and it's going to be a grand old time. But thank you again so much for everyone's support. Shoot me uh, messages and stuff over on Twitter at Bottled Up Radio. Follow me there and just keep up what you guys are doing. I absolutely love doing this and it's all because of you guys. So thank you and enjoy. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Bottled Up. <laughs>